oh, okay, this is this is the start. I was I was thinking like, where's the ten second? Good. Oh, I see, I see. Yes. So that's the challenge with just open mic conversations. Is where is the beginning? <laughs> so that was the beginning right there. Um, normally, I would introduce the guest, but we're going to do something different today. We're just going to have an open conversation. Um, Mandy and I started trying to decide what we were going to talk about. And after two and a half hours of talking before we started recording, we realized we should just start talking. So the, the first question that I have is, can you just kind of quickly pin yourself on the map? So people like I can say Mandy Lamb is from Toronto and that mm-hmm. she's been doing for par- parkour for 13 years, 11, 11 years, a good guess. Mm-hmm. And you are currently traveling, which is important because you've been traveling for a year mm-hmm. and you started from Boston by finding the cheapest flight you could. Is that how this began? Yeah. Well, it's partially that it was partially knowing that I was going to be in Boston's for the uh, North Americans women's jam. And then knowing that I was going to be in Europe at some point. <laughs> And so I linked it together, and then I, I think I bought my ticket already in March. I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. That was for Thailand, but like <laughs> recently, like or close to that date, close to July at some point. And then uh, first step was the Dusseldorf, and yeah, m- m- interestingly, you've been to, um, and I was just talking to someone about this community. I was just talking to somebody else who was talking about the communities in Serbia and Croatia and yeah. how the the parkour community, really you'd call it one community, but the two communities from those two separate countries, which normally don't like each other at all, to put it mildly, mm-hmm. the parkour communities, um, I, I, who was it who said? Probably Andy Day you were talking to. Yes, Andy Day yep. said, at any given moment, there's somebody from one of the parkour communities on a bus going the other way Mm -hmm. to go play with the other community. And there's just something there that's magical. Mm -hmm. Um, And you and I got to talking about the gentleman whose name escapes me. (laughs) Valentin. Yeah, exactly. Valentin Uh, Dubois. What? No, the the gentleman from Serbia. Oh, Bookie. Yes, Bookie. (laughs) We can also talk about Valentin Dubois, which is controversial for a completely different reason. But Bookie, (laughs) we got to talking about Bookie because you were pointing out that he is, um, I was going to say underrated, but maybe an underappreciated would be a better... Not even that, just not very well known on the internet, just because he just... Just plain old under. Yeah, he's just—it's just not his thing. Like he—he he understands it, and he understands that like this is his tool to do more things with what he does. And even like he made a note, like, like when when I posted this thing, like I got more jobs, and that was something like he was—he like realized. But it's if you meet Bookie, it's like this expression of just this is the, this is what happened. This is fact. Okay, time to go to eat more pancakes or something it's just it's just it's it's, i i love bookie it's just his the way he thinks and the and the and just the amount of attention he pays to certain things it's like it's it's always there but then there are certain things he's just very passionate and like you could see it in his eyes it's just like it lights up it's like oh oh bookie but anyway yeah he's (laughs) how uh, did you how did you get to serbia like oh Oh man, I had this conversation with uh, with Andy Wula when I met him at Gurlev, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Where was I before here?" And this, it's always that like running question, and I always have to like backtrack. Like, am I, am I actually that forgetful, or is it like a concussion, or is it, like anyway? And like I had to like I just like thought about it for like fifteen minutes, and I got back to him like, 
I was, okay, so before Serbia, I was in Bologna in Italy because I was in, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with your head. The problem is thinking backwards in time is mm -hmm. hard. It's always easy to say, if you give, you know, give somebody a snapshot, like, you know, give me, okay, Craig, we're talking about Tuesday. And then I go, oh, uh, yes. Okay. I know where I was on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. What'd you do on Wednesday? I can go, oh, Tuesday is the night I got a horrible night's sleep because I was sick. Wednesday was the day we went, you know, like forwards easy. Mm -hmm. It's trying to like, if you give yourself a point in time and rewind, it gets tough. And, and also anecdotes are also easy. Like if I say, tell me about the crazy guy in the bmw on the hitchhiking like you can think of this like your first thought is oh that's right you know that story and the second thought is that is a good story but stories are easy for some reason humans are really good at pulling stories up but i didn't realize you were there when i was talking about that <laughs> yeah sorry i'm uh oh, those of you who know me know that i'm infamous i'm the i'm always the fly on the wall my my mom knows that i talk i love to talk, I talk where were you even standing i i remember we were like <laughs> like i had a point of view of like everyone around me like we're we're yeah, above yeah. on the platform at yeah, girl it was my tan and i was yeah we were on the patio <laughs> and i was i was parked at the top of the steps i was okay. who was between us um uh See, this is the problem with open See, Mar mic. Marcello was to my right. Marcello. Okay. I was standing next to Marcello, right? Because oh. Marcello is the one who He's said, tall. he said, tell the story. And then he like led you into the story. <laughs> and then I guess you also missed the whole part. We had like a running side gag gig show he was running between like him and me and everybody else like oh. now she's going to tell the part of, listen to this you know he was kind of like the color man you know the old mm. style baseball announcers there'd be two of them one guy would be like and yes. so and so gets a hit and then there'd be another guy would like fill in all the stats the color man so marcello was acting as your color man when you were telling the story oh i i literally just walked up and then suddenly he he asked me like <laughs> oh she has a story and then i'm like okay and then <laughs> yes um so I don't know if you want to tell that story or if you want to tell, if you want to finish, I asked you what, how and why you were in Bar uh, Barcelona, how and why you were in it's Serbia mm -hmm. talking to Bookie mm -hmm. and you had gotten back to Bologna, which is in Italy. Wow. Nice backtracking <laughs> there. Yes. And then I was, okay, this is actually really, really funny because like all like through that that a uh, little story that you just told <laughs> i i was i was actually in padua visiting marcello <laughs> so. <laughs> whoa everything is connected it's all about the circles yeah circles 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 everywhere um <laughs> oh geez oh geez if i think hard enough there there are some connections with circles that i've had in the last year but anyway um bookie so. serbia Okay. Padua, Marcello. Okay. Okay. So I've been, I've just. Uh, even, yeah. How do you decide where you're going next? So you're like, mm -hmm. I mean, I know where you're going currently from right. here. We're, we're sitting in every, and I know where you're going from here out of the country because your visa's <laughs> up. So you need to go to another country next. But I mean, in general, mm -hmm. how do you decide where you're going next? It's, it's always the people. It's always even from the beginning before my trip, so going back to Bookie, I uh, I was asking people like, oh, who's who's cool to see if I am in Europe and um, who would you want to see? And then so Mish uh, Dudorovic, he's from, he's living in Montreal now. And he was like, oh, you should go to Serbia. I like, didn't even know where Serbia was on the map. Sorry, I don't Serbia. Know where Serbia is. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. Uh, it's a it's a Balkan country, a bit in the middle, so they're not attached to the. I see you trying to pull a see, map up. No, there. this is cool because like <laughs> this, so you know this episode is different, so I can just like prop the mic up here. Oh, you need a jet. Jamie. Da, da, da. Yes, I do. I don't have a do I kind of have a Jamie. Oh, All right, so you were saying Jamie. I'm looking up. Uh, Stinking internet. Young Jamie. Yeah, young Jamie. Anyway, I, I didn't mean to derail you while I look up Serbia. Ah, uh, yeah, Maps. yeah. So Serbia, <laughs> it's a it's a Balkan country um, east of Croatia. And so Croatia is along the coast. And um, anyway, that's um, that's where uh, Mish was suggesting that I go and visit this, this bookie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, haha, that's a funny name. And then I kind of just put that aside. <laughs> yeah, is that literally his name? Or do Bogdan I? Bogdan is. Bogdan? Yeah, is, see, because I was thinking, I bet you're talking about Bogdan because that's who um, Sasha was. Um, I'll be completely honest. I keep forgetting, like, is he Sasha or is he Savo? I have trouble with Sasha. I call him Sasha. I do too, but, like, is that his last name or is that his family? I'm pretty sure. I believe sure that's his first name. Yeah, his given name is Sasha. Yeah, there's so. some, like, squigglies on his on his name, but. <laughs> no, that's not appropriate. Okay, so I have a map up. Okay, here's a map. I'll show you what it looks like. Uh-huh. Okay, that's the map. <laughs> it was a psychic. Um, all right, so there's Italy and the Adriatic Sea. Craig takes geography. <laughs> And Serbia is over here. Oh, sorry. I'll turn yep, it so yep, you can see it. Kosovo. Yep. Oh, I get it. Yeah, and then Montenegro. Bosnia and Herzegovina. South of Hungary. Southwest of Romania. West right. of Bulgaria. Okay. Right. So there's Serbia. This Macedonia to the south. Yep. All right. So ah. you go see Bogdan. Bogdan God Day, I think, is is what it means. I learned a lot of, not a lot, but enough Serbia for people to be impressed while I was there, <laughs> it was it was fun. They uh, they smiled at me more, and then they like treated me in a I nice think way. Most people are if you if you make an honest attempt to learn mm-hmm. their language, then they they appreciate that. I'll tell you what though, there is there's a um, there's a tipping point where your language gets good enough that they actually think you know what you're doing. <laughs> That's bad. Like I, that oh. happened to me today. I tried to go like if you walk into a Lebanese restaurant in a French suburb of Paris, what language are you going to get? <laughs> and for the first time ever in history, I, I think my French was uh, passable enough that he actually asked me if I was Spanish <laughs> and I'm I not Spanish in case you don't know who I am. Um, and I'm like, does that, does that mean my tan? I'm like particularly yep. tan from being in the sun. Tan but like, and the orange shirt. But, oh, I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> but I thought that maybe my French was good enough that he just mistook my accent to be... Uh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> it's not my fault. It's 10.30. We don't normally do podcasts like this. Um, back to you. <laughs> that doesn't help. Uh, um, okay, so this actually... It always circles back. Um, so it's really cool because we're well, right now I'm looking at the cathedral here in Evry and it's like it's the birthplace of oh man I was gonna say like parkour the p word <laughs> the p word oh yes I've infected you I'm, I'm the person that the I think P-word, started the ADD, whole ADD free running ooh, whatever whatever okay I, I think there are only three words to this anyway um, because um, so back in so back to where, <laughs> back in Serbia, I uh, 
I ended up there because yes, there are many people that have <clears throat> told me about. Oh, you should go to Serbia. You should meet、uh, Bucky. You should like Croatia is a, is a really cool country as well. And so I had gone to Croatia and I had met Sasha. Oh, <laughs> another like another funny story with Sasha. But wait, you first met Sasha in Croatia?、Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, that's weird because I I met him like I don't know. Five times, but never in Croatia because I mean I've never been there. So oh, it's one of those situations like with me and Andy Day, who's like, I met him in Berlin for the first time. Like this is really random. Like you're at a meet, I'm at a meet. Like I know you, you know me through like me posting things on Buildering, I believe. <laughs> Buildering dot net. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is this is great because that makes me think of Andy Day. I, <laughs> we're doing a warm up for Buildering, and Andy says, "Are your legs warm?" Like any any. Pulled his shorts up, and he's, he's a skinny little guy. And he goes, "Because I've been skipping leg day since 1981." <laughs> I thought that was so funny. I'm like, "Oh man, way to own, way to own it, Andy." I, I aspire to own my faults that well. <laughs> yep.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Sasha. So I met him in Zadar, so his hometown、mm-hmm. as well. That was that was so lovely. I、uh, had like missed two flights at that point, and so like I, like I had to get to split for this course, and and um, I I caught the plane. Like I I had to like rebook another plane that morning.、I'm、like oh my god, I like I I also had forgotten my laptop, so I had had someone bring my laptop to me、oh. at the airport at that time. So anyway, a lot had go- gone gone funny during those during like that. One two day period. Anyway, I think it, like at the end, I felt like oh, it's all worth it because I got to meet Sasha, and <laughs> it was like pat pat Sasha. Was like eagles just like growing there, <laughs> but um, um, but it was really such a lovely experience because I arrived an hour late. My my flight was again delayed, and then finally I arrived in Zadar, and um, I had to catch a bus like three hours later. To get to split, and、um, during that time he was he was waiting for me, and like I did not expect him to be waiting for me, and、mm. there was like no internet for me to like connect yeah, and、right. tell him that <laughs> like I was gonna be late and whatnot. Anyway, I got there, and then like this dude walks up to me, and I'm like, I have no idea who this dude is. Like, why is he walking up to me? And like, are you Mandy? I'm like, how do you even know who I am? Like, I like <laughs> what, we had a conversation, <laughs> but the thing is, our conversation was so loose. Like, I didn't even know he was gonna follow through with it. <laughs> and so he appears at the, at the、uh, airport, and、um, and like I was wandering around at that moment. I'm like, I don't know, like how do I get to the bus stop? But like he he appears, and then、mm-hmm. like he he like brings me to his car, and he like like gives me grapes from his、yeah. parents' farm and yeah. apples. I was like, yeah, yeah. Somehow they. So, I was I was gonna say something like. People, there's, there's always somebody. I mean, sometimes it's more than one person, but there's、mm-hmm. always somebody in every community who is like the,、uh, the, the first person to say, "Oh yeah, I'll pick you up at the airport."、Mm. You know, and then not only pick you up at the airport, but like they go to the trouble of being 15 minutes early, and then <gasps> when your flight is an hour late, like, like it's the little things, like you know,、yeah. they go. No, you've been on a plane for like eleven million hours, and you're grumpy, and you're、oh. tired, and you're you're jet lagged. So you'd probably like a snack, you know.、Mm. And like, it, it doesn't take a lot of effort for anybody to, you know, get a bunch of grapes,、mm-hmm. but to have like remembered to bring the grapes.、Mm-hmm. You know, there's always that one person in the community who goes that little extra step to make it fun.、Mm-hmm. <coughs> and and I could totally see that that would be Sasha in his community.、Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking like, is that literally true? Can I literally think of one person in every community that I know of? And now I'm distracted by trying to think of how many communities I can think of. Mm-hmm. But w- what I immediately thought of was there is a, a gentleman named Sarika, uh, I believe it's Kingsman, K-I-N-G-S. Um, so Sarika is one of the second generation Yamakasi uh, here in, um, I don't know if he trains literally here in every, normally he is here and around. Um, and when I went, uh, I went to Cochevel mm-hmm. in the Alps in the yeah. south of France, I went to Cochevel and I had one of those journeys like you're describing where I started in uh, St. Pancras Station in London and like got on a train and it was fun and I rode through the channel and, then, and there's a whole side story about when I was a little kid, the television only had 13 channels and I remember seeing a National Geographic special about a bunch of crazy people trying to dig a tunnel underneath mm-hmm. the, you know, and we, I was just like, wow, you know, and I'm like a little kid and then whoosh, I went into the channel on a train and it was just like, I don't believe I'm actually going to France on a train. Oh. Anyway, through the channel. So that the first part of the trip is always fun, right? Like mm-hmm. you get the first train, like it's cool. And then you get to France and you realize like an idiot that the time zone is an hour different and your nice long delay to the next train is really only 10 minutes and you go oh, there geez. and then like it's still, my French actually kind of sucks and the platform E is between seven and four and it's on the wrong level oh. and you just make the train like it, like the trip always gets worse. Every leg is worse. And it ended with the last train leg was like going into the French Alps at night so you couldn't see anything. Mm. And I, the, it's like three people on the whole train car and some lady who was like an au pair from, mm. she must have been from like Dusseldorf, Germany or something. And she was just, <sighs> she was like insane, <laughs> like like pleasant insane, but yeah. she was just grilling me for questions. And I was exhausted. And she's like talking and laughing and the whole way. And I'm just like, please leave me alone. <laughs> and the very end of this is like, I'm on the last train into the town. Oh. And, <laughs> the train station's at like 1500 meters or something and I come out of the train station I had the forethought to go to the bathroom and like I step out the front door and they close the crash gate <laughs> and the town is black and I'm like okay it's it's like 10 kilometers up a mountain to where the town is and I think they were maybe going to have somebody pick me up, but I also haven't talked to anyone in a day and a half. So I'm really hoping in it. Meep, meep. There's Sarika who had driven. He was waiting. Like it wasn't like he made me wait 10 minutes. He was already there mm-hmm. and he had driven all the way down. And then when he drove me up, I realized it's this long drive. Like, oh, we on these winding roads at night. And he was just lifely pleasant and happy mm-hmm. and chit chatty. And, and, and I talked to him. I didn't realize who he was. Like mm-hmm. I didn't even recognize it. This is really a, a well-known high level parkour practitioner. And, it was just the guy who drove the van down to greet me. So like mm-hmm. it reminds me of the story you're telling you where like this person kind of literally comes out of the darkness at you with like a big hug and a handshake and a, oh, yes. and a bottle of water and a, and a ride. Oh, please. Thank you for driving me all the way. And then he drove me way up to where they're the, like a rented oh. chalet that's in the summer. So it's not a ski chalet. But right. anyway, what is his name again? Uh, Sarika S E R I K A. Can I buy a vowel? <laughs> He's, I just saw him. He's not He's not training, um, but I did just see him in the park when we went back to play Mulkey. This is a rambling conversation. So today we discussed, did you, was this the first time you saw Mulkey? M- I've played it before. Oh, I've never played it before. M-O okay. with a double dot L-K-K-I. M-O-U-K-I. M-O-U-K-I. Yeah, people get pretty pretty intense about this game here. Oh, man, they were taking I was just like, it's a game with sticks, guys, and we're counting to 50, and I'm bad at this. And yeah. they, they were like, I, actually, it was kind of fun. To, maybe you should explain Mulkey. I, I try to use bowling as an analogy, or not an 
almost an analogy because it's sim it's <laughs> it's like yeah there's pins but it's so different in the sense it's that like, like bowling it's, but it's not at all like bowling well there's like there's uh there's numbers on um this piece of like log that's cut um <laughs> like at a at a 45 well. degree angle at the top <laughs> like the, the logs are like about i don't know like a foot tall six inch piece of wooden dowel it's cut on a 45 degree angle so yeah. you can stand it up like There's a little soldier them. they have numbers on the angled faces you set them up like bowling pins in a tight little group and you get another log a little mm -hmm. piece of dowel and you throw it at the chicklets they call them right oh i have no Is idea it chicklets? i don't know like no, it's what called was it? logs it was, um, <laughs> skittles they the things skittles. you're throwing at they called them skittles oh, i don't know if they mean skittles like the candy or just they're called skittles so you throw the stick at the stack of skittles the yep. skittles are numbered one through 12 mm -hmm. if you knock down multiple skittles mm -hmm. you get a point for each skittle that makes it all the way to the ground so if they fall in a pile the ones mm -hmm. on top of others don't count mm -hmm. so like there's three laying in the grass that's three points mm -hmm. if you manage to knock over just one skittle you get the number of points on the skittle. So if you knock yep. the 12 over, you got 12 points. Yep. The challenge is you're supposed to get to 50 points. If you go over 51, 52, you go back to 25 and you can count up to 50. So every time you overshoot, you're back to 25. <laughs> so it becomes this little bit of strategy game of like, yeah, you can just throw the stick in there and get five, six mm -hmm. skittles, five, six points, mm -hmm. five, six points. But when you're at 47, you need to either knock over exactly three Skittles or you need to knock just the three over. But it gets complicated because as the game progresses, this, this these Skittle pieces, they get scattered everywhere and maybe they're close, maybe they're really far away. And I'm just going to give a little shout out to Team uh, Menti. Me, it's, it was Mandy, Mindy, and Auntie. And we did really well with this game. Right. So when the Skittles fall down, you stand them up where they are. You just like stand them up on their base. So on if, their base. Yeah. If you really smack the pile, they can like tumble a further distance or yep. roll or fly. So we were playing, you know, like a little grassy patch under some trees and we had maybe five, six games of Mulkey going on at the same time. Yep. And people are playing in like opposing directions and yep. in, the games are intersecting. So like <laughs> Mulkey Skittles are flying in from the side. Oh, as you're yeah, that to, happened. <laughs> or the, I don't know what the name was of the thing you're throwing, but that literally would come skidding and flying across the lawn. The log. And the, so let me bring up this was, you know, they took Mulkey seriously. Like they take Mulkey seriously the way I take ice cream seriously. So they would yes. be like, yeah! they'd have like this Tyrannosaurus Rex victory <laughs> trounce that would just go like right through the middle. We're like, guys, guys, that you're like in the game over there. Why are you doing a victory lap through our game? <laughs> they would just yes. like come in and pose over your over your pile of Skittles. We're like you're not even playing this game. You're playing over there. Skittles. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. Uh, anyway, where I was like, where did this this conversation lead from? And it was Sorika, when you met. So when I walked over to play Mulkey, I yeah. passed Sorika, and I believe he has a new baby. Oh, that's daughter. him. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. they had a baby buggy. I believe he has a new daughter. Yeah, I yeah. Can, I, think I could be mistaken. I'm sorry, Sorika. Girl or a boy? Okay, so that's him. Okay. Yeah, he had a. I, I love hats. He had a great little hat on. Oh, he seemed nice. He is nice. Great guy. Mm. Um, but he's. I mean, there are others, but he is a person that I thought of right away when you were telling your story about Sasha Bookie and Sasha. Yeah. When you're talking about how Sasha was like the enabler 
um, so he part of it guy. yeah oh right for that situation yeah like yeah, the guy who like you know went the extra mile literally and figuratively mm-hmm. all right i think we've beaten the serbian bookie thing to death we didn't even get to where we were <laughs> supposed <laughs> to get to uh, well like it's it's also like it's a reason why i was uh bringing him back and i found it very interesting that we're here and talking about it <coughs> is because um yeah i, I like i like from Sasha, he was also telling me like, oh, you should go visit Bookie. And then when I was in Zagreb, Mirko was also telling me like, oh, you should go visit uh, Bookie. And I'm like, okay, already. So that's like a theme, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll do it like next year. And then I did do it next year when I saw that <laughs> on his social media account, <laughs> on one of his stories, which I also rarely ever use nowadays, um, especially with my phone dying. Um, that uh, he was doing a parkour camp, so a week-long parkour thing in um, his hometown. And I was like, okay, this is relatively cheap, and um, I get to meet this bookie character finally, and um, why not just piece three week-long parkour things? <laughs> I, just, I just felt like the ADD go through me again. <laughs> <laughs> like it was like an arrow like shooting at me i said i said it i said, I said it again yeah, yeah. um don't make the p please please don't make the p word like <laughs> i started saying that i don't know that i'm the first person but i i say it all the time every time i say it i'm like i need to stop saying that because i'm making it into a thing yeah it's like a, it, um i think it's okay for the north americans that like I, it's not oh, like sure it's it's okay enough i don't I, like i think i think i've i've practiced long enough that i can joke about it but maybe not in this holy sacred place huh, huh. Well, <laughs> while we're like looking at your the, four stories the up nobody's gonna hear you down there um oh, the, 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 it, there's an like okay let's get realistic or um uh serious mm. for a second yep right um i have found that one of the questions i started asking people when this whole project was just a website with writing one of the questions was what do you call your practice yeah and i got two responses which most people just didn't want to go anywhere near that and the Mm. other one was like parkour like i would get like no what i meant was could you tell me about why you call it parkour or why do you call it ad and i think what i discovered was having tried to pin some people down about it is that most people don't call their practice anything (laughs) they might have to Mm. put the name on the building if they run a gym or they might have to put you know a name on a website But when they do that, they're doing something different. They're deciding what is the word or words that I have to use which enable my business to succeed. Mm-hmm. Or what is the word or words I'm using, and this is why this podcast used to have the P word, I said it again, used to have the P word in it, was I was trying to make sure that people could find it. Yeah. So it, I think it turns out that the reason we have so much of a problem with names is because we don't actually use names internally. Mm-hmm. We just have this idea. Like if you ask me to describe my practice, I'm not doing it now. But if you ask me to describe my practice, I can give you a long list of things that I'm working on, that I'm mm-hmm. good at, that draw my attention, that call to me. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't start by saying, I call my practice, you know, the franchising combo flux. I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have a name for it. Urban break touching. What? Urban break touching. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. You need to say that louder though. Urban break touching. I'm still whispering it. I'm not sure why. Urban break touching. There you go. There you go. Urban break touching. Not brick touching. Break touching. Um, yeah. On the other hand, there's a glove. So um, do you want to talk about 
the left turn. Like I'm signaling for a left turn here. I almost died in Denmark. The first time I went to Copenhagen, sorry, non sequitur. First time I went to Copenhagen, the rental bicycles need to come with a cheat sheet. And it needs to say like, this sign means, you know, like it's a couple of non-obvious street signs, right? Like this is a pedestrian only area. Get off your bike, you stupid smelly American, right? I needed to know that sign. The other sign that I needed was the one that explained how to indicate I was going to do the Dutch, I'm sorry, the Danish left turn, which is you raise your left hand Mm -hmm. to indicate you're stopping. You go through the intersection, pull to the right, stop, and make a 90 degree left turn so that when the light cycles, you are ready to go in the new direction. Yes, yes. So it's the Danish left, okay? Yes. I didn't know how the Danish left worked. Oh. I needed a cheat sheet that because uh-huh. I almost died. Oh, I geez. actually had somebody with a bicycle skid to a halt. Like a fr- the guy was impressive. He was not happy, but he was impressive. A front wheel skidding unicycle stop. Yeah. Like T-boning me. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like amazed at how amazing that was yep. and really felt bad because he was clearly yeah. not happy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, where was I going with that? I almost died in Denmark the first time. This is why we don't do these conversations this way. Um, uh, yeah, I also lo- I I was really trying hard to keep track, but <laughs> I'm I'm you I failed. I, but I, I I we've been doing that for the last like how how long and De- all all day. Um, oh geez. Oh, I was gonna say non sequitur. Do you want to talk about right. your concussion? Oh. And in these open conversations, there's no way I need to like wave it at you. Do you want? Okay, yeah, um, it's it's like loosely related, but I actually want to, oh, man, I was going to say I wanted to finish how the connection between the parkour camp in Serbia was really, like, it, it links back to here in the lease because, like, that was, I assume, where Bookie got the idea from because he's very, he was, like, for him, it's also, like, what, what your other question was about, like, why do you travel? Who, like, what's the reason? And it's, like, it's gotten to the point where, when I travel, it's to 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 go into my curiosities. It's not like <clears throat> at the beginning I said it was about the people, but people are just like very, they're very interesting to me. And there's something that I'm very curious about certain people and um, and what they are doing or what they, what they're trying to offer or whatnot. And um, like it's, yeah, curiosities is I think a better, better um, word to use for that. And, um, yeah, Sasha mentioned that about him. In, in, about in Sasha, in, in the interview that I did with Sasha, he mentioned very briefly that um, I don't think he was calling him Bookie, but he he said, Bogdan. Yeah, "Yeah, I think he was actually using his full name." I said, "I think he said something like Bogdan travels to experience the people rather yeah. than to experience the parkour." And at the time that he said it, uh, I was probably nine tenths asleep mm-hmm. they completely like missed it like when he in the moment that he said it, i completely missed it when i listened to it later i heard it and i was like oh okay that's an interesting detail um but actually i think that was one of the more insightful things that we touched on in his whole interview was about i'm not implying that the rest of it was useless <laughs> yeah. but but i think he and i just like skimmed past that right. point about bogdan and i think it's a very important point that mm-hmm. that you, you know um i haven't had anybody actually ask me why i travel I, I actually had somebody ask me, how, how do you eat? 
Like yeah. somebody walked up to me and said, Craig, how do you eat? And I, and I just looked at my, I'm sorry, I'm overweight. I looked at my gut and I went, you look uh, actually uh, way. I went apparently great. very well. That was my answer. I'm like, what kind of rude question is that? How do you eat? But what he meant was like, I don't understand how you can afford to do anything. But anyway, you got, <clears throat> actually slight, slight, like we're, we're already off topic, but like, I remember seeing you in 2016 and like, you look, you look like a lot more, uh, lively, your your color is better. Even like, go. this is funny because you're sick as well, but you look way way better than you did. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Now the question is, do you mean sick like you are a sick individual, or do you sick. mean that I'm actually sick because I'm actually sick? Yeah, flu. Come on, come on. You can like cough into the mic. You've been, you've been <laughs> no, doing that. That'd be, that'd be <laughs> bad. Um, yeah, no, I got the flu. Um, I am on mm -hmm. the tail end of the flu. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, first of all, thank you. Uh, I'm working on, I'm bad at accepting compliments. Th compliments. Thank you. Um, yeah, if people who know me, um, I have been losing, I need to learn the kilogram conversions. When I started parkour in 2011-ish, when I was 40, mm -hmm. I weighed 270 pounds. And I, I wish I could have, I wish I could have a picture of Adam's face when I came to his first class. He tells the story like, mm -hmm. uh, he had said to me at one point, come to class sometime, you'll love it. He was starting a community and weeks later with no warning i just randomly show up and he, mm -hmm. he tells a story like i just took my figurative lesson plan <laughs> balled it up and threw it over his shoulder when <laughs> craig came up and you yeah. know in hindsight i understand why because he had a, an idea in his head yeah. for what his people that he's used to would be doing yeah. and i was like uh, a push-up what's that mm -hmm. anyway so thank you for your compliment but yeah i've been losing weight for seven years now <clears throat> mm -hmm. And having had the flu, I got excited. I'm like, the flu? When you have a flu, if you don't eat and you have a fever, I can lose seven pounds in like three days. Yep. <laughs> yep. I understand that perspective. But, um, oh man, we were like, usually, I don't think either of us are usually this like disfocused. And I just don't even know if that's even a word. <laughs> unfocused. Unfocused. Now, it is 11 o'clock. Um, mm. So, where, uh, and I'm trying to decide, are you dodging the concussion question no. or did we just get distracted? Um, no, not at all. It's, um, it was just, oh yeah, right. I wanted to finish the point about, about Bookie and then, and then how we're like, we're in every and how, um, huh, how it's, it's just, it's cool that we're having this conversation and then we like, we keep circling back to these people that we've been, we've brought up like back from like girl love and in the conversation with Marcello. Marcello. Were you there, were you there last year when Marce they did morning assembly at, at like, um, I don't want to call it a dance battle, but the teachers like battled it out at the morning assembly. Were no. you there for that? Oh my God. They, they did this. If you haven't been to girl love, go to girl love. Mm -hmm. This episode is brought to you by girl love. I did this high school. Um, <laughs> so yes. I still can't say the word. Fly but, me over there, please. So, <laughs> they did a, a morning assembly where all the teachers came out and they were basically introducing the dance competition that was going to happen at the, they have a party. At, oh, on snap. oh snap. Oh yep. snap. Yeah. Yep. But it started with like one of the teachers came out and started like this extremely dry, mind numbingly boring lecture about something. And like three seconds into it, somebody else came out dressed like a, as a ballerina or something and like pushed them out of the way physically. And then they had like a little mini three second dance battle. And then of course the new person won, pushed them away and then started a 30 second lecture on something completely different. And they did like nine of these and they had like all rehearsed. It was, it was hysterical. Aww. I bring this up because Marcello Palazzo came out 
with um, um, a cooking apron on, yes. a white cooking apron, and it said something like "I'm Italian," like, Duh. <laughs> and and he had on uh, a white chef's hat, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to apologize, Marcello, I do not do a good Italian accent, but he he launched into this. Now oh. we're going to make a pomodoro pizza, and he like he he basically mimed making us pizza. Oh. And I had a hankering for pizza for like a week. I was dying. Yep. All I wanted was a fresh-made pizza with pomodoro, mm-hmm. uh, tomatoes. Anyway, yeah, Marcello is a caricature. Yeah, he's he's great. That's uh, part of the reason why I went to visit him and Ariana and Nico um, two times. Two times? Yeah, it's been two times in their uh, in their homes. Home. They have one. Anyway, <laughs> plural, uh, singular. I, 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 yeah, I get lost in that with the French as well. Um, let's see. All right, I'm at last, last time. Yes. You really don't want to talk about your unconscious? Oh, no, I, oh, <laughs> do I ever? It's, it, well, it's at the beginning of my trip, um, which has, like, it's literally, literally has been almost a year now, and it was just in the south of, South, yeah, just south of Evry, which is the first event I wanted to go to, and which is where I met March. We should like just do a like a, a word count of how many times Marcello's name gets brought up here. Well, I don't think we've said Marcello that many times. Really? <laughs> no, no, that was me making a joke about saying his name again. Ha 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 ha! But I met. Well, that's where I first met him, and then that's where like okay, he's an interesting character, and that's part of the reason why. I uh, started formulating the reason why I, like how I traveled. Like mm-hmm. in the past, it was very much like, oh, like this, I've heard like Spain is cool. Let's go to Spain. <laughs> yeah, right. And you're like, where? Like it's, yeah. You, you, it's really yeah. not true. Like you don't, you don't visit a country. No. Like you can't, like, <laughs> but you can visit like somebody. Mm-hmm. Or some like you can, you can barely visit a town. Like if you say, yeah. "I'm gonna go to Paris for a week," I mean, like, like it's like huge. If where do you want to go? If you, if you say, "Oh, I'm gonna go visit," you know, Joe Smith or whatever, then mm-hmm. that changes everything because then you can go right to the neighborhood and mm-hmm. they can say, "Well, let's have breakfast over here," or "Let's go there." Yeah. And so it's always easier, and I always think way more fun to visit people. Well, for sure, it's like where is I like with. Visiting people, I find it's the most interesting because, like, a we we are people and we connect well with people, and and we can go to places, and there could be like this narrative that you created in your head about this place, and that's what makes that place interesting. It's never like like people don't come to Evry because they I don't even know why people would come to Evry if it wasn't for a particular like person that they want to go <laughs> visit or or uh or the or cathedral like, is beautiful like actually okay to be to be at least to be completely serious well, people actually do come here to see the cathedral in every um which if you haven't been every come and see the cathedral it's gorgeous. i actually haven't seen the inside and oh anyway, yeah you can um I, it has certain hours that it's open but we've been inside yeah okay take a look at that but like, like, oh, well, like and that's an like, example. No, it's kind of lame. No, 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 no. But like, that's an ex- another example of like, why do people go to these cathedrals and churches? Like, what makes these places so interesting? And that's like, it's something I've uh, come across about that reason is it's because it's where all the money was pulled. It's where all this like beauty was like the the idea of beauty was symbolized in these churches. 
and these cathedrals and these abbeys and these religious places. And that's why people travel from all over to go see these places. And, um, and like, obviously people have different views on it now, but that was, I think the original intention, like there's, there's an attachment to a narrative and that's why people want to go see these places. And for me, it's like an attachment to a narrative with this person now. And I think it's all, it's like complex and it, and that complexity keeps my interest because like I'm a person, you're a person and we share something of, of some sort of similarity that I want to explore more of. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, that's something that has dictated the way I travel. And it's very much like, this is the way I travel now for, for at least the next little while, because it's just, I've met so many interesting people. And I think that if I was not to explore more of that, like I can't think of like, I really like the ocean and I always keep on talking about like, Oh, I'm going to go and, and, uh, do some more free diving in like the beautiful Mediterranean sea. And, but at the same time, it's just not as appealing as a training and, um, meeting these people that like, Oh, like I want to see this person again before I leave, because I think that there's a something to be gained from my experience with this person or these people in general. Okay. So, random question well not random but like do you travel because someone says you should go meet someone or do you travel like just generally do you, or mm-hmm. do you travel because you've heard enough about someone that you find that person interesting and interesting enough to mm-hmm. pull you there so in other words it, it's one thing for somebody to say to me you really need to go talk to auntie Murray. Like just to mention somebody that most people would know who I'm talking about, mm-hmm. but not many people know her very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone might say, you should go meet that person, train with that person. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. But it's another thing for me to hear people talk about, for example, for her, mm-hmm. or hear people share stories about her, and then I see a video of her, and mm-hmm. then maybe I meet her briefly, and it's like, you know, I'm actually drawn to the person versus somebody saying you should go. You see what I'm saying? <clears throat> um, <laughs> no is a valid answer to my question. <laughs> Actually, no, but that's, I, I think I could expand a bit on this. Um, I go to meet, I don't go to meet, I, like before I arrived in Europe, like, oh, this is like, this is Miss Golan. I have no idea what's going to happen here. Then I'm always gathering information. I want to gather as much information as I can so that when I step into this land, I, at least I have some sort of footing mm-hmm. so that I'm not going to fall on my face so soon. Um which I, I have. At least not figuratively falling. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We're going to get to do that. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. It's a fun story as well. It's very fun. Very, very fun for some of my friends in Montreal. Anyway. Um, so Bookie was a very specific example because I had like known about him from talking to people in Canada, but also because of the people I've met here. And, um, but everyone else, it's more of who am I hearing it from that's telling me about this person and what am I currently interested in? And that is more of what drives me to go visit these people. Like, 
there are interesting people everywhere and I have like always the interesting subjects all the time, but what is it that I'm curious about at this moment and want to explore more of? And within my like directory of interesting people, who fits into that? So like I have the freedom to do that at the moment. I have the freedom to to uh to just fly to this person and be like, hey, I'm here. And then go yeah, from there. Yeah, there's definitely a triangle of you have to have the time and the resources and you have mm-hmm. to have the the desire to travel. Like if you if you have health issues or you're just not comfortable yeah. traveling, that's just that you gotta have those two things. But then the third thing is like where you're going. I mean I don't think I know mm-hmm. anybody who literally just flies to a country and then walks out of the airport and like goes, okay, where am I going? Like mm. people always have some level of, they have someone in country that they have spoken to or have exchanged messages with who mm-hmm. is expecting them. I mean, it, would, it seems to me like the, there are some people who do like the, I'm backpacking across Europe with literally no plan. That's like, okay, that's a challenge level that I don't even think I'm comfortable with. It's a different experience. It's it's something that that um I would explore too, and it's the same with like hitchhiking. You like sure you have a destination, but you never like you don't you don't know who's gonna pick you up. You don't know <laughs> what's like what's gonna happen in between, especially with the sort of skill set I had at the beginning. <laughs> and um, um, it's it's a uh, it's uh that that is part of my uh what I've learned from doing, okay, I'm just gonna say parkour. I, I'm getting over it, just doing parkour, like being in France and being at every move has a, like like it's definitely stimulated the way I think. And I and I am very um, I'm critical about my thoughts upon, uh, upon the subject, but at the same time, it's, it's, um, it's, it's just how I've treated it for the last 11 years. And, I'm very, like, I, it's like, it's hard because like the values are the same for for how they're describing it, but I just happen to be using this word. So I'll just be using this word for the time being for 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 simplicity's sake, um, like Julie's point of view probably. But um, man, I went on a tangent and I already forgot what I wanted to say. Um, do you remember? Uh, no. Darn it. <laughs> but I got a different tangent. Why don't we talk about every move a little bit? Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, um, sorry. I'm like, this is the second time that I've been here. Um, is this the first time that you were here? Yes. Okay. So, and this is the, th- the third year that they've had it. And on one hand, it's very fun to have the chance to come to an event that is this early in what I'm thinking is going to be a very long lifespan yep. because they changed things significantly this year. In fact, they changed things since some of the things they changed significantly. I've been I like triple checked that mm-hmm. it actually works the way it works now because it's very different. I'm like, that's really cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just details that aren't important. It has to do with like when the last day is and how it ends mm-hmm. and like being able to actually shower after the, everything is over before you travel on. Um, but what I was going to say is, I think everybody that I have ever talked to who has not come here has gone like, Oh, that, that event sounds crazy. Like, I mean, they, they have this vision in their head mm-hmm. that like, if you come to every and train with the Yamakasi, you mm-hmm. are going to die. Yeah. And, and I'm like, no, I, I mean, I, that's I, what you, that was your take on it. When I told you I was coming here. 
Really? Yeah, that's well, like that. That's what I got out of it. Like, oh, okay, great. Now it's going to be like every oh train. Oh my god, I need to redial in my storytelling. That that's not my opinion of the event. Okay. I'm sorry. I hope I hope you've discovered that I was wrong. Yeah. 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 Okay. I have. I have. <laughs> I, I I don't feel like I passed out at all from this event. <laughs> yep. That's that's the impression I got. Cause well, you did say it was like grueling, and it was like the most difficult thing you've done, like one of the most difficult like workout stuff that you've done in your life. And was I talking about this event, or was e- I talking about the time that we came and visited Jan? <laughs> oh well, I, I might have mixed those two up, or I might have mixed the two of them up. The, mm. this is the, uh, no, that's an interesting point. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I, <laughs> I may have I may have either mixed up my stories, or you may have misheard me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's. Um, I think it's as insane as you want to make it. Yeah. So if you are young and want to really be crazy about it, you yeah. can try everything. I mean, yeah, the man power jump is two blocks over. But it's a, it's like there's a certain um, atmosphere and environment that gets <clears throat> created when you're with like, how many people? 60, 80 people? 60 or 80 people? Yeah, I think there's up to 80 people this year. Right. Okay. 80 people at an event like this. It's just, it's not, it's not really the, for me anyway, it's not the time and place to do those certain things. Um, it's, it's very much about the community. So at this event, it's, they emphasize it. They talk about it. They, they repeat it. Like this is ADD community and um, being together. And then like just the words they use, like we start together, like we finish together. Mm-hmm. That's their phrase. And they use it very often. So it's. It's it's very much a group mentality and being in that spirit together. There's a time and place for it, and the time for it is now, and the place for it is here. So it's like for me, there's there's definitely time for solo training, but we didn't even like talk about it. There was never any indication about that, and like just yeah, it wasn't. Point. It's not a. I didn't hear any of them mention solo training. And I know like guys like Laurent, they, they definitely train by themselves. Exactly. But it's not, I, I'm not sure if they're doing it consciously or not, but it's something that that is incredibly important, I think, for the discipline. And, and um, so at the event, again, it's, it's, it's about, for my, from my perspective, like about sharing. Mm-hmm. Sharing is a big thing. It's like, it's how... It's how like you got invited to talk about your podcast and how I got invited to talk about my perspective on communities and what I've experienced in my travels here um, from Stanny. And and he uh, Stanny has just like his own take on like what to be what could be useful for people to come here and what they could get out of this experience. So it's yeah, it's um it's an, it's an event about sharing, about um, communicating, especially about like stuff about founders and stuff, and having that official conference. I don't, like I don't know how effective or how like if anything even came out of that. Like I think a lot of a, a lot of it came out of their own uh, just having this event as a as a catalyst for them to meet individually and privately and speak because. Like yeah, this is like, you can have people view their their uh, arguments and their conflicts 
and you can like it was such an interesting experience like of like how we had the conversation afterwards at your talk craig of like like seeing oh, the we founders. Were yeah, you're, you're talking about something that we haven't discussed. So people are like, what are oh, you guys talking sorry. about? <laughs> so Wednesday, on the Wednesday at the event, <laughs> they have um, like a conference section on Wednesday where they do sessions. Um, last year, and I think the first year was the same way. It was just very much an open, kind of an open forum thing where the the guys, the, the Yamakasi, but yep. where they were sitting up front. And then like right. once, so I'm, talking about, I'm talking about last year, the one session was they basically told uh, the history of ADD and how things got started. And then the second session was the attendees were sharing their stories. Mm -hmm. And some of the stories were how ADD had touched their lives or changed the course of things. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of going both ways. So it was a great opportunity for exchange. Mm -hmm. And But there was very little that um, you could take away from it. I mean, like you certainly got to know the history more and the, the Yamakasi more and you got to know the people at the event mm -hmm. more, but you weren't, you didn't leave with like a, Oh, I'm doing pushups wrong or something. You know, like you didn't go away with like an actual takeaway. So right. this year, Stani um, was in charge of organizing the Wednesday sessions. Right. And I don't know that he was aiming for takeaways, but I think he was trying to get things a little more organized yep, so that the, the information flow was clear. Like this session we're talking, you know, these people are talking to these people, this session it's open conversation. And then we had some breakout sessions, which is what you were referring to. Mm. People crazy enough to want to listen to you and me talk. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't like, wouldn't like, oh, I, I like took a picture of that. I'm like, all right, Laurent is just underneath. And so is, I think, Jan right underneath that. And then you've got Stevie as well. I'm like, all right. I'm on the same piece of paper. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's interesting how that happened. <laughs> yeah. Although I'll point out that none of those guys came to my talk. Oh. It wasn't really a talk. They all fell for it. They thought I was going to give a talk about the podcast. And instead, but I, I spent like an hour grilling them with questions and getting them to talk. Ha ha. Um, where were we going with this? About like how, well, I was talking about the oh. conversation that we had after the panel talk. Yes. The one where I brought up, um, we had one attendee in my session, which was nominally about the podcast. And mm. she was still emotional. I was like maybe 45 minutes after. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there were, there had been some tensions. I'm not going to bother naming names, but there are people who, uh, Yamakasi, who were at the event, and they were having an animated, not like they weren't throwing chairs, but they had a difference <laughs> of opinion, and they basically just agreed to disagree. Mm -hmm. And um, for this one person who was in the session that Mandy and I are talking about, she was still not upset but when we talked about it she became slightly emotional again yeah she and did we were sort of all talking about you know why is this emotional and it's like well it's almost like watching your parents fight like you know you, mm -hmm. you assume that your parents have a certain kind of relationship and then when you get old enough you realize it's like oh they're actually just regular people too <laughs> and then Jan <laughs> comes in and that was funny and he, he he continued that conversation yeah it's like oh yeah the dad and the mom like child keeps the house and and anyway <laughs> yeah it's uh well it's it's like i like i also got really emotional and i talked about that and i i was like really riled up and i didn't understand where it was coming from until we had that conversation in the uh in the uh in your in your talk in your chat and um it was like it was about yeah about how the parents were fighting and like i i never used the word add or or really like thought too much about it which is why i got riled up i think if i had thought that through from the beginning maybe it would be less emotional maybe it would be more who knows <laughs> but um 
yeah, so that was the the, the panel, and then what happened afterwards, and then. Um, well, let's. Um, in the back of my head, I, mm-hmm. on the, in the normal podcast episodes, I've been trying to make an effort to find takeaways for people right. who are listening. Um, so this is different. If you find a takeaway in this, please, you know, call me at one eight hundred. I don't I'm, know I'm what looking, is a takeaway looking, from looking, this. Looking, looking. But uh, visit Bookie. That would be one takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're back in service. Oh, um, sorry, Bookie. If there's too many people contacting you, <laughs> what can I say? Well, whatever you do, don't give his email address. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, I was going to say, if we if we try to back out just a little bit and, mm-hmm. and talk about, um, nope, it's too late. My brain doesn't work. Uh, takeaways. Think. Takeaways yeah, from no, the... that, that I have, but I, I had a takeaway and I forgot what the takeaway was that I had made up. From the panel oh, talk event. Uh, did I have it? I don't know. I was going to... Oh yes. Okay. So here's, here's another story. I, I don't like to tell story. I mean, I love to tell stories, but I don't like to tell stories because it, it like feeds my ego monster, but I'll tell a story. Um, I went to a small event, like a two hour class thing in a city with somebody, it doesn't matter who. Mm-hmm. And at the end they had a circle and they asked if, if you were at this, I'm going to freak out. I don't think you were there. <laughs> they were, we were on a circle, of like 13 people with a range of parkour experiences. So People, I'm going to say, like me, who have been around and seen different things and know how these circles usually go, and people who were fairly new to parkour, who were super excited to have had a chance to train with this person who had led class. And he said, you know, let's just go around the circle quick and just give me, like, your feedback. Like, what's your takeaway from the session? It was just a very standard thing Mm -hmm. for, you know, these sessions to end that way. Mm -hmm. And it had been a particularly, like, 100% humidity hot evening thing and we had a great time we were all like soaked in sweat Mm -hmm. and we start around this circle and the first person had like you know seven i have one answer in 37 subparts and and then the second person just like riffed off the 37 subparts by giving the story of their entire life and how their cat got its name and then and the third person went and and like i mean i'm down for let's sit in a circle and and share because i really think humans are wired for storytelling but this was just like yeah, I also need to go to work tomorrow or whatever. You know? So it was just like going on and on. So we got to like 20 minutes or whatever. And we finally got around to me. And partly because I was exhausted, but partly because it's absolutely true. But I didn't, I had never really said it before, but I said it then. So I might as well just say it now, which is I go to parkour classes and events with what they call the empty cup mm-hmm. metaphor from martial arts. Okay. Where, and, and most people know about this. Like you try to empty your cup when you go to the class so that you can be, the mm-hmm. cup's full, you can't put anything else in it. But I also empty the cup at the end of class. So when they say, hey, thanks for training, I dump the cup, right? So everything that I put in the cup from the session, I dump mm-hmm. it out. Oh. Oh, exactly. And I said this to the person who is a podcast guest also. Mm. I said this to the person and he was like, what? Mind blown. I had never thought about that. So as it turns out, apparently, that most people go to great lengths to um, sort, organize, categorize, layout store rewrite make notes and they try to distill from each class some takeaway see i'm coming back to every where we're talking Mm -hmm. about takeaways Mm -hmm. and my point was i i tried that and i couldn't keep up and i trust me it wasn't because i couldn't think of a crazy enough system to do it Mm -hmm. it was that i felt i was chasing the wrong thing i felt i was by chasing the takeaway I was losing the forest for the tree. Yep. And what I said to this person was, I, I loved your session. It was awesome. I think I've already forgotten half of it. Um, 
and 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 by tomorrow I'll have forgotten everything except a couple of photos that get shared, but I'm okay with that. And I think that just going and experiencing, you can't help but be changed by any experience. So, so coming all the way back to here in every, if I distinctly remember sitting through the parental fight last year and being emotional about it and it was like an issue mm -hmm. and afterwards it made me think about things and I didn't come away with the takeaway like I'm going to change language or this or that. I just came away with like this, wow, okay, that was, that was deep and I don't know why and I just like let it go and then I came back this year and the experience was completely different. This time when it happened, I was like, okay, I understand the dynamic here. I see what's going on. And I felt like I could, figuratively speaking, lean in even further mm -hmm. and like try to engage more because I had done the same experience previously. Yeah. So I, I think there's a lot to be said for not trying to have a takeaway. Like I, I'm pretty sure they're not going to take the audio and video recordings that they made and try and produce like a, here's the edit of the discussion that mm -hmm. Mandy and I are talking about. Like, I don't think anyone's ever going to see it. If you were there, you saw it. If mm -hmm. you weren't there, you didn't see it. Um, so I, I, mm -hmm. I've been in the last maybe two weeks talking more to people about, does anybody else do this? Does anybody else intentionally, you know, try to shake it all off and walk away with nothing, you know, like, so we did night training. What day is it? Today is Thursday. We yeah, did yesterday. night training Wednesday night with Jan. Um, yesterday and, and, night. Yeah. And th that wasn't my first rodeo with that. I've seen that show a couple right. times. Um, and it, it really doesn't matter what it is, but it's basically train with Jan for two hours. <laughs> yeah. Or, or Midi and, and Francois. Well, they're all in. Yeah. They're right, all in right. the mix with you. But it's, oh, right, it's, yeah. it's Jan yeah, leading okay. the, okay, no, you know, no, no, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> say, I'm not making fun of him. Like it was, it was, yeah, he's no, blah, like blah. straight, straight, straight up training. And um, at the beginning, he says, okay, you know, get prepared. And then they do a little warm up and they do it. And then at the end, the question, the question would be, if you attended this session, I could say to you, Mandy, what did you take away from that session? And I would say on this topic that there's, there's a lot that happens. Like I said, this is a social event and there's a lot of emotions and a lot of, um, nonverbal things that are happening. And so I think the takeaway from these particular situations are build something else up in you so that when, when um, it fills up like a cup, then there's a particular idea or word or whatever it is that you can draw from and use. But until that point, and unless you're like, you're very, very well articulated and you've got words that could describe every single situation, like if you're German or something, haha, um, <laughs> then, um, then, and also being attuned enough to be able to pick up these things and then utilize them, then there's just, that's like, that's where the, like, oh, they're just going to be experiences and, um, and you can just take them as they are. I, I don't fully buy into that. I feel like we always, we're always picking things up. 
subconsciously or consciously. Oh, sure, definitely. So it's just like it's but the same is that, situation. Is that enough? Like, can I? So if you ask me, you know, Craig, what was yep. your takeaway from Wednesday night? My takeaway was like, oh, I mean, I met some new people, but I, I don't have a takeaway. Like, it was just another night. I don't train at night that much, mm -hmm. but to me, it was just another night training. And I could tell you, I could tell you stories. Like, I could, you know, and I won't bother, mm -hmm. I won't bore, but I could pull snapshots out and tell yeah. you particular, you know, it's a, it's a, like a repetitive QM circuit mm -hmm. thing. I could tell you about certain QM variations that I couldn't do or that mm -hmm. my partner struggled with and then I was able to help them and like vice versa. Um, but other than that kind of takeaway, I have no takeaway from last night. And I'm, I'm beginning to think that, that that um the yamakasi talk about if you are in person with them they talk about how the only way to communicate um auto deplacement is in person and that they are aware of that and that it is mm -hmm. intentional <clears throat> that you don't mm -hmm. see them having like certification programs yep. and classifications and they're basically like yes our our way of doing this person face to doing this mm -hmm. face to face is more intensive and it takes time and that's just how it needs to be done so it seems to me that if that's how it needs to be done, then the takeaway should be that you, you don't take anything away. You just experience it, you change subconsciously, and you move on. Mm, I think it's part of it, but it's the mentality. There's a lot that you can you get from this very physical, like we can simplify it and like say it's just physical exertion, but it's it's not that. It's um the because it's spirit gets built from many different things and the the sort of environment that was created last night builds up and i can this is just like it's like it's like a picture and this is my my uh, perspective on this picture this is what i gained from looking at this like beautiful image mm -hmm. and so this beautiful image what I got out of yesterday and today's training with Chow was like I'm, and then when Laurent asked me, actually, I really like Laurent. I, I I I really connect well with him. But um, anyway, when I when he asked me like, oh, how do you feel at like in the middle of Chow's training? It was well, actually, I feel like I don't push myself much anymore. And I don't say that as in like, oh, I should be injured or whatever. It's it's more like there's a certain mentality that I um, I specifically came to this event knowing that I'm missing. So I feel like th there's a built up from Jan's session and then today's session that I got a bit more out of, like a bit more towards like that thing that I thought I was missing. So it's like it's telling your own narrative. If you tell yourself that that's the narrative that um, I'm missing, then that's what I'm going to get out of that situation. But that's a very specific way to look at it. And I think we're all telling ourselves these narratives. And it's just a matter of, like, are you picking up on it or are you just going to let it be as it is? Which there's profoundness absolutely in that as well. That's a long dead space. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was wondering, like, dude, like, I, it was at the end. Um, I don't know. I would so, love to continue, but also it's. 
Well, so that has been, and we can always cut the dead silence out, but that is an hour and seven minutes. We probably should, like an hour and a half would probably be sane. I, I okay, can't imagine yeah. who would listen to more than an hour and a half of us, Jibba Jabin. Um, oh, I just keep thinking of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we did a lot of that. I feel like we're both, we can both be very focused on whatever we speak about, but it's it's always, it's just like, I didn't realize how fun it would be to talk to you, just conversations randomly, because we only really met once. Yeah, well, thank you. Likewise, um, I think yesterday, okay, if you don't count the Mandy Lamb holding court with the <laughs> the weird BMW pickup guy, that, which is, that's a great story. But anyway, I have a feeling it was that was a Mercedes Benz, but oh. still. Yes. <laughs> um, I think that one was probably going to get left unspoken. But um, yeah. if you don't count that conversation, yeah, I think yet, today was probably the first, or was it yesterday? Yesterday was probably the first time that we actually had a long enough conversation to count. Yeah. Um, what about, um, how did you get, this is kind of a dumb place to go, but how'd you get suckered into coordinating the North American women's, like, was it, was it basically <laughs> like the three of you who, this is fun, let's put it together. Okay. We picked the weekend. Now mm -hmm. we told seven friends and it just grew. Or did you sit down with like a vision? Like we should create a thing and then you see what I'm getting at? Like, was it just totally organic or did you have a mission when you started it? Well, it was, I don't know what it, for me at the beginning it was just meeting other women. This was seven, eight years ago. Um, we all met at New York. So we meaning like, okay, there was, we can look at pictures, but they're uh, girls from Montreal, from Toronto, New York. Jesse from Vancouver came in at one point and I think Alyssa did as well. Um, and this was like within these three years that it was being held in New York. Mm -hmm. So it was like, oh, it was like a cool meeting place. Like, oh, we're all going to chill. We're all going to train. It wasn't anything official, but then it started growing and people got word about it. And then people were interested mm -hmm. and people want to attend. And that's when the organization had to level up a bit. Mm -hmm. And that's where, uh, like, it was Caitlin's home city, and um, she took charge. Right. She Caitlin's little name is organization, right? Uh -huh, uh -huh. I mean that in a good way. I don't mean, like, like Caitlin has a, has a skill set. There are things she's really good at and, you know, play to your strong suits. Yeah, for sure. Like, that's like that's how it's still up and running. She's a, like, she is the guardian of this event, and she uses that. And I, at the beginning, I'm like, I wonder, like, I didn't really know what to think of that word, but it's true. It's a traveling event, and she uh, she uh, has a huge, huge part in what happens with it. I don't know what it's like nowadays with it, but like the first time um, after the third year, that's when we had a conversation like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we had it abroad? And so that's when I was like, okay. Toronto we have the infrastructure we have the place for people to stay and chill and um, um, because we have the monkey vault in Toronto and so that's when we decided that Toronto was the place I just I volunteered it and um, that was was that 2014 or 2015 2014 probably that it happened so 2014 was when I was still much more involved in Toronto and and um, it was just mostly me and Caitlin chatting about it and and um, organizing it and she was like really adamant about helping out and coming up even like a few days earlier and I was like oh no it's not necessary <laughs> how I'm much like, work could it be to organize it oh wow 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember like getting really drained from that because it was like one of my first big events I've ever organized, like forty, fifty women coming out for it, and it was a two. It, it was yeah, it was a two day event. Yeah, women from like New York, Vancouver, Calgary, Seattle, Arizona. I think yeah, Arizona. Uh, like all across North North America came out for this, and it's like it's 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 such a cool event because all the events I've been through in a uh, in Europe they have they have these events that stick and run well, and so um, the reason why I believe they run well is because there's a core group of people that are that get along and um, communicate. And they are the ones that make sure the event runs, keeps running, grows, and adapts to the situation. At a, like because for situation being, um, North American Women's Jam is a nomadic event, so there needs to be communication, or else it doesn't work. Um, <clears throat> so. Yeah, I got I got suckered into it because I raised my hand up and and said, "Hey, we got we got stuff going on here." And then Caitlin was also in approval because she she was a fan of the Toronto community, and um, and so Dan helped out a lot with that as well because we were doing a skills challenge night and um, um, she wanted to come up and like put a hand and help out with that, and it's like there are things that are done certain ways in communities and like I, i'm sure she's she she understands that very well like in boston things are done a certain way when talia was running it and like things are done a certain way in seattle when brandy was running it and um so toronto is done a certain way because i'm there and i know how the community runs <clears throat> but then of course the, like it was the first time it was out of New York and she like like of course she like totally makes sense like she has a has a very very clear vision of how she saw it <clears throat> and then I also like had a vision of like how I would see it so so I don't know if it was satisfying for her to see how it turned out but like for me I was like yeah this is cool this is like how I envisioned it and how it like turned out and like everyone had the had an amazing time yeah, this like this is what it looks like in Toronto right when you put this thing in Toronto well yeah it's like yeah Dan knows what's up with how he works things in his gym and um and I'm sure like Caitlin saw it differently but I also saw it differently too I'm like yeah this could have been done a bit differently like Caitlin totally could have like helped out with this situation maybe or that situation this is all in hindsight it really doesn't matter at this point but um well i think well, i think what i was maybe not intentionally getting at <laughs> was that somewhere probably before we pressed record we were talking about um how every community has a key people which make the events go which you were just mentioning yeah and um uh, bookie would be one um you know the, we, we could name drop all night yeah. and and it, those people are it's it's like they're super appreciated but it's almost like you they really need to be cared for so they don't burn themselves out and mm -hmm. I, i'm just i'm just wondering uh, at the beginning of this before we started we were discussing 
we should probably talk about your opinions about what make for a good community. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like it, hmm. it's pretty clear to me that it's not a good community because there's 200 people in it. A three person community can be just as good as mm -hmm. a huge community. But so what's the, in the next two and a half hours, we will discuss Mandy Lamb's <laughs> doctoral dissertation on what makes for. <laughs> oh, I love, I, I really like this, like, like talking about it because it's, um, it's dear to me and um, the parkour communities in general are dear to me because they, uh, I guess it's a personal thing at, at the core of it. Because for me, a good community, I want, I want like, I want to see, I want to have fun. I want to have fun with people that are their own individual and have their own way of doing things because what's the fun of meeting a person that's just a cookie cutter example of another person that like, like for example, nowadays that you can see online. Mm -hmm. That's just meh. So these individuals are appear, they, not, they like they, they manifest, they grow from certain conditions. And I think at the core of it, it, like there needs to be some sort of leadership so that it's not way too scattered. So the leadership that I've seen in Mihamas and in Serbia are just prime examples of what are, or Belgrade specifically, because I'm not sure about what else is happening in Serbia. But um, like they have these, these leaders that have been added for a long time and they go out of their communities to bring back information that they see of value to their own communities and then through that their community that's still very new or like that may be very new they get to experience these like really like informative uh, springboard off those uh, those fresh ideas exactly and so that's part of it, like leaders that go out of their uh, own echo chamber. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that like just being in the parkour community, like they read a lot, they philosophize. And um, that's point number one. And then another thing I realized was uh, there's a strong sense of cooperation within the communities and and so the people within the community they talk like they talk to each other they the, the people that lead the communities like they really 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 care about the people within it and um and through that they create this great relationship with the uh, people they're around so miramas is an easy example because they have like twenty six thousand people there and like through the connections that Anthony Dennis, uh, the guy that leads it over there, has made with the city, you can like the city allows them to do parkour. Like they encourage it. They're like, oh man, these these uh, these kids are are training because because uh, they want to like improve themselves. Like they, they yeah, all those great things. But it's it's also like they don't like. They're like, oh, okay, these kids are on roofs. It's oh, it's fine. They're with Anthony. Okay, cool. Hey, Anthony, and then hey, hey, other people. Mm -hmm. So 
like that's a manifestation of like what he's done and like the tree house he's he's building like it's really well put together a lot of effort you can see the passion in it and then the fact that there's a yurt that Pikuun just like walk in and crash at <laughs> that's pretty cool too that's another manifestation and then and then that's a that's a key example i think of what healthy like a healthy community creates it's this space where people can come they can train they can share um very easily and then um the last one i think is very very um i guess not spoken about as much because it's just a manifestation of all these of the things that i spoken about before it was um hmm it's almost it's almost like an opposite of what it is because it's like a celebration of of the community spirit rather than like emphasizing the the like the individual the like the rugged individual like I can do everything on my own and I think the I can do everything on my own is not the most productive in a community sense like it's important and it will come but if you're if everyone's like that there's no sense of community there's no communication and with all those attributes i talked about i think that's what creates the sort of community tribe space where people can really explore their own limitations because there's that safe area or it's not the area but like this 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 place known yeah like i'm amazed we went an hour before we used the word tribe because we were talking about that before um but yeah having having that known like i know how my tribe works so therefore it's okay for me to be the strange finger painter in tent number four or for me mm. to be the person who goes out <laughs> on a long four. journey <laughs> i was just trying to make a colorful if anybody is still mm. awake i was just trying to make it a little more colorful um but that that would give um gives you the the uh the, the Knowing that the the structure, the infrastructure, the people are all in place, that gives you the freedom to then you know go try something. Yeah. Um, but that's what that community creates. That community enables by being the known. They enable the weird ones. Well, it's also like it's part of the conversation. Like in Toronto, I actually, I really like Toronto because it's like, yeah, go go be yourself. Go be go bring your own whatever it is you have to bring to the table. And it's a very objective way of looking at it. Like you can objectively be like, okay, this sucks or this doesn't suck. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's just less sugarcoating for right. me anyway. I, I don't know how it is like now nowadays in Toronto, but um, um, and then like through that, that's like where that the element of being able to to just bring to light what you really want to be or share or whatever it is. Um, characters get formed mm -hmm. more easily there. I wouldn't say more easily, but more, it's not even correct way to say grammatically, but more often they appear in that environment. Maybe um. I, I hope so. I could be wrong, but I hope so. I hope that's the reason, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, even if it isn't, it just creates healthier individuals. I see people are more happy in these places. Mm. They're, they share more there there's more smiles there's there's more of a sense of cooperation and community and yeah just in general people are like less 
say bitch face. Not sure why I chose that word, but but um, just there's you can feel it. You can you can you can just feel the differences when you're there at the communities. So go, you have Miramas and Belgrade, and then Germany. Actually, in general, I think Germany is a very interesting community because there's so many big players there, but they're still able to like it, yes it was a third party like I was, I'm, ta I'm talking about specifically a dude named philip hoitzmiller who uh created this conference for people to get together to talk about the fig thing and something that was happening within germany um with like parkour one and um ashigaru and then oh lo, lo, i forgot the other people's names but um they came together and they talked about like what they were what was happening uh, like specifically with parkour one stance with fig because <coughs> parkour one is the biggest player in germany right. and it's the fact that as a country they can come together and share their opinions and then like they're okay with making it public that's a that's a very it's like it's a testament to german efficiency and communication and business <laughs> maybe yeah. but also just um their ability to talk about it as a community. So I think that's very powerful. And I think that's one of the reasons why Germany is just a great place to visit for parkour as well. People just get along. People are great movers. And yeah, go Germany for parkour. <laughs> well, we mm -hmm. are an hour and 20 some minutes in. Um, is there anything else we want to cover this evening before we? Oh, we can, oh man, we can keep going on. But yes, specificity. And um, I think another thing that would help make it, I don't want to talk about it until I've like really dived into it myself, but I just know that it's going to be going to, a, it's also like beating a dead horse the the value of hard work and what comes out of it and how being your own like owning whatever path it is that you take actually makes putting in the work much more conscious and much more i wouldn't simple isn't the right word but much more um it feels more right to do it rather than like, for example, like, oh, I need to go and do like 20 laps. Like what does 20 laps even mean? Like 20 laps around the block. Like, What does that even mean for you? Unless there's a purpose to it, 20 laps can just be like, it could be better to just like sit and have a coffee instead because it's, unless there's an, in, there's a reason why you're doing what you're doing. And there's like a very like, wildly important reason for doing it then it's just what does it build on so to to be able to build upon your why as like it's the, it's the most common example it's by simon sinek yeah start with why yeah to start with why it's it all comes down to um how i was sharing the book about or sharing the title of new or sorry deep work by mm -hmm. Cal Newport, his idea of 
putting in that work of working really deeply on a subject and very like being very much on your own. That's why I, I was talking about how the importance of solo training as well, because if you're able to go extremely deep into what it is you're doing, you're going to extract a lot of information that you would not otherwise be able to just because like of external factors of like, if you're training with another person, then you're going to get a lot of information from the other person and not from what you're internally trying to yeah, get out of yourself. Your own direct experience. You're, you don't, you can't hear your own experience when you're in the midst of someone else's experience. No, of course not. It's like, here's me talking about my concussion now, finally. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I was going to say there's, um, there's an old, it's got to be a Chinese quote. It's probably from Wazoo about, um, the only reason the expert is the expert is because they have made more mistakes mm -hmm. than the beginner has ever made attempts or something. Mm -hmm. Some one of those things of yeah, the yeah. idea is like, there's nothing special about being an expert. No. It's just that the expert has put the time in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, that's part of it, but also it's just, we're, we're in this, if you live in society, then there's the culture of like, you never need to be bored because there's so much stimulus. There's like TV, there's, there's our phones. And, and because of that, we're always in general attached to something that can draw the attention away from ourselves. And by doing that, we're so, it's so much easier to be controlled by something external mm -hmm. and so it's sure. well it's it's so much more difficult to look into the self which i think is where so much because like the self like there's so much going on subconsciously that we can and then of course consciously as well that we can um extract and get very interesting information from so the the idea of deep work goes into what we've already researched ourselves and want to research deeper into. And I think by having more people do that, like you're just going to be more aware as an individual and you're going to have more to bring to whatever community or yourself or whatever it is you want to do with this information. And I think by just doing that, it's, that's a that's the way to connect with so many people by going through that process of working very deeply at something you're like very passionate about then um that's relatable and the more we do that the more people can relate to each other because that's i think that's the most um like that's the thing that draws people in that's why you have people that are very deep into their research or process. And they're like, I want to know more about this person because they've done that work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You make the connection to their passion more than to the material that they're uncovering. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. I'm also very conscious of time and the sleeping person over there. <laughs> I'm like, always like looking over the, oh, oh. Um, oh no. What, um, is there anything else that we want to cover before we wind up? Yeah, well, there's there's uh, my concussion. <laughs> <laughs> I gave up on that question. I tried four times. <laughs> oh man, it's like it's it's a very fun story. I uh, I got 
I hit my uh, my face, which the surgeon told me afterwards, like I have a good face, which is why I didn't need surgery. Um, on prob, I'm assuming the the uh, the roads of Oldport in Montreal. Uh, you're assuming you hit your face on the roads, or you're you're assuming that. <laughs> I have to assume because I don't remember. Oh, you actually don't remember I, what really happened? I've, I don't even remember getting on the bike. This is November 2015. And holy smokes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you? Have I told I you anything no, you, about you've this? you've only mentioned oh, it 73 man. times. I've never heard any of the story whatsoever. Oh, man, it's a fun one. Okay, we can finish with this one a bit. So, okay, this is, this is a fun one. Okay, so November 2015, um, I was about... Or I was uh, riding my bike with, or I was, we had the intention. Okay. <laughs> it's really funny because I'm like, I'm thinking a bit back more onto this now. And then it was like some cafe with like free bagels. And I was like, <laughs> all right, like this is where we came from. And I don't remember even, like I remember getting out of the cafe, but I don't remember going towards my bike. And so when we, we being uh, myself, Tamula, and uh, Antoine, um, we're all from, or they're from Montreal. So we like hopped on our bikes, I assumed. And then um, they rode on first, or actually no, Antoine took the bus. But anyway, Tam rode on first and she was going towards the spot, uh, the parkour gym in Montreal, which is where I was intending to go to. And then uh, I don't remember getting on the bike, as I said, and I don't remember the three, four hours that, like, a bit before and after the accident of, like, how did I, like... like I don't want to be mean, but you're telling me that your really cool concussion story is I ate a bagel and I woke up in the hospital. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, okay, I, I, that's not I, a great story, man. <laughs> I had a great... It was great. Um, it was free, free great free bagel. <laughs> I'm um, only laughing because you're smiling. If you weren't smiling, I wouldn't be laughing. <laughs> Oh man, it was okay. So I actually never really tell people about the bagel part because <laughs> <laughs> this is, you're getting some insider the information on this. <laughs> it was like their like birthday or anniversary at this cafe. Um, <laughs> very important detail, of course. So um, my um, my uh, computer programmer friend, he was the first person I had apparently called after I well I have to assume that I hit my head because I don't remember where exactly it happened or how it happened but um oh, I, but so you were clearly conscious after um, were you hit by a yes. car like what did, this, mm, did somebody explain like we found you you know over here or like based on your injuries you were hit by this or like you mm. literally have no information other than bagel and hospital <laughs> no I have I have information from the bruises and the the points of impact so the points of impact were like very obviously my face because so after like I can see like time wise like we 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 like understood at like around what time we left and then there was like the first indication or the use of my phone was when I took a selfie so that's when I like I took a selfie the first one was dark another one like I had the ability to turn the flash on mm -hmm. so then like I took the like I took a photo I could clearly see like blood was running down my nose and um so I like that's when I can see like the timestamp of mm -hmm. like my attempts of using my phone so the timestamps of me like okay 
like I was messaging messaging people from Toronto and then messaging people, but the messages were never complete because I couldn't wrap my head around how to send the messages. Mm. So it was very very cool because I can see the timestamp of where I called Antoine. So Antoine was also on the way to. Uh, to uh the spot i don't know why i chose him like i have no idea what happened at this time number in your phone that you recognized or who knows possibly so i called him up and and then i apparently look so he's a programmer and he can he literally like wrote down everything that happened between that time frame that was very useful (laughs) so um there's like a there's an account of it on my blog and um he he just he's like oh so he, like, he he can recall me crying when i first called him like i have no idea what's going on like i'm i'm cold and there's blood running down my face and uh i'm not sure where i am and, and he started asking me these questions that made him realize that my memory was shot and that i didn't realize why i was even in montreal so mm. i was in montreal because i wanted to study the language and um um, yeah, there's. I forget what they call it. There's like a retrograde. Well, yeah, but is the oh, there's a triage way of wording that? Like, is the patient um, coherent in time and space? Or this yep. way, like yep. they ask a couple questions, and oh, if you don't know like where you it. are and why you're there, like that's a problem. They let you indicate you. Oh yeah, yeah. So he asked those questions, and he was like, "All right, so there's a serious qu- uh, problem going <laughs> on here." Do you know where you are? Like, nope. Uh, uh, <laughs> it was probably what I what he got out of me the first like one minute or so but um so like how did you get to the hospital did some random stranger come up on, and say like you're bleeding all over the place and i'm calling emergency service or no so i can probably get a understanding of where i was based on how he uh how he talked to me and how he got me to so he was the one that got me to a warm place so i had likely crashed my bike somehow i'm maybe it was just like i I couldn't see a chain that was there and so that's what flipped me over Mm -hmm. and i probably scorpioned hit my face on the ground first handlebar um handlebars bruised my legs and um then i like that's when i woke up so i contacted him and he um he got me to a point where he could like i could tell him where i was yeah, what do you see kind of thing yeah and like and then i was like oh i'm cold and then he told me to go towards the light so <laughs> yes <laughs> and so like oh like i'm cold like go towards where like you can see lights and like go, like see if you can see like people so that yeah that i can to, yeah i need to connect you with a human being who's in your presence who can help i can't triage over the phone exactly because he can't oh, wow. like he needed to figure out where i was yeah so there was a time where like he he sound he, he thought he sounded too confident so i hung up on him mm. and he like he, he called me right away it's like 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 and then i it took me a while to pick up so he got me to a restaurant and like apparently i walked through the doors like completely normal <laughs> right. seeming just like there's blood running down my face so i operated very normally in that situation i don't remember this at all but it's pretty cool but like apparently i sat at the back of the restaurant and i was just like sitting there like they they gave me the card so that i can tell them where i was so that they can pick me up to take me to the hospital hmm. and so i was just like chilling at the back of a restaurant where apparently they were like having this birthday party <sighs> And I was just like putting uh, ice to my face. And then like when I saw Antoine, um, who had like, like, he was like literally, oh shit. Like we got a, he, he had already arrived at the spot and like 
Dim, okay, we got, we, we need to go and get Mandy. And then Dim is the owner of the gym and he had a car. So him, um, Tam and, and Antoine got on the car, found me at this restaurant. And then like, I like, apparently appeared like completely normal. I'm like, oh, hey, like, how's it going? Sort of, you know, and like, just, I would just walk to them like completely normal. Like he would do a few tests to see like, like, can I balance? Can I do all these things? Physically, I was fine, apparently, like in, in terms of like everything but my brain. So so um, I got in their car or Dim's car. And as they drove to the hospital, apparently I threw up a few times. And then, that's a bad sign. Well, right? yeah, that's a bad sign. But it's also a good way for me to get into the MRI as quickly as possible. Yes. <laughs> so that was nice. Or a CD scan. I forgot what it was that they put me in. And um, and then I would like, like, like get drowsy and then i would like like get up like perk up like right away it's like i'm like i'm so aware guys i'm like this is the most aware i've ever been because this is my assumption i'm pretty sure it's correct after going through this sort of experience where i should like there's a possibility of death 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 wow i can't speak at this time anyway death there's um like i have this adrenaline flowing through me and because of that you you become super aware but for for Tam, who was also in the car, she was like, this is so funny because I would like wake up and like, oh, I'm completely aware. And then she would just like, are, like, are you sure? And then she would just play with me at that point of, of like asking me that because I would forget what mm. happened. I, so I would have like 10 minute memories maybe or something like that. But they got to be a bit longer with the time. Um, so... They got me to the hospital. They checked. Like I had no internal bleeding in the brain, which is very good. And um, then they just put me in the hospital bed. And apparently, I was super coherent because I worked in a clinical setting. And I worked in a hospital setting, so like I, I knew how to communicate with doctors, and I had all the vocabulary. So they would like, oh, like she's like very decent. Like she knows what's, knows what's going on. I could not remember any of the doctors after that point. So they like they had a blast apparently talking to me. Um, but I had this thing in my head where I'm like, I should not fall asleep ever. So I like, I would just keep on waking up like, and I would keep asking Antoine who was still with me at that time, like, is it okay to fall asleep? And so I asked that probably enough times for him to like write it on the cardboard box where I like, like in case I wanted to throw up, like I would see right away. So that I remember like the memory of like when I could, like I started remembering things in the hospital was when I was in the hospital bed and, um, and um, I can slightly vaguely recall my uh, boyfriend at the time that uh, I like apparently Antoine had given me the phone to talk to him. And I'm like, and I, I was in like this teary state of like, oh, I don't remember who you are, but I remember you're like, I, you're probably special to me. And like, tu n'es pas un poisson. Like for some, <laughs> like I was learning French and I was like, that was one of the phrases that stuck. I don't know why I said it, but I said it. And then, um, um, <laughs> yeah, it was funny because I couldn't remember him, but I could remember my roommate's <laughs> rabbit who I like, like anyway. <laughs> um, so it was, it was also kind of funny because his birthday was also that day. And um, I was supposed to meet his parents and like, we only recently started dating and, and, um, and I guess it like, I don't know. I've, 
like for me it's like oh what a what a cool fun experience but for him it's like oh my god this is a little this is a little intense right yeah i, I guess Are so you always this much trouble or it's <laughs> a regular tuesday yeah poor him so that happened and but the, like he came in and my memory started coming back at that time but it was it was interesting because I would just like want to make friends with everyone at the emergency. I'm like, I want to be everyone's friend. Like maybe this person wants to talk to, need someone to talk to. And it was like at 1 a.m. and I'm like taking selfies of like wired, how like right? wired I am from the adrenaline. And and Joao and Antoine are just like dead asleep. So, so that, um, that's what happened. And I, yeah, it's funny. It's funny that I can't remember his name, but I like could clearly remember like other people's names. <laughs> but it was also like retrograde memory right, that I lost. Right. I, like I had no idea why I was in Montreal, and um, and so like I sort of recently met Joel in comparison to all the other people I'd met in Montreal. Hmm. So that's my excuse. Mm. Ha ha. So that was. So does anybody? So like hmm? your parents? Does anybody think that there were any permanent changes, like to your personality, or I know you? you one of the things you had, yeah. we had talked about before we started recording was that you are currently focusing on your training, mm -hmm. and a lot of people say that. And I think for you, you have a um, a more profound meaning when you say that because you're mm -hmm. only recently in the past year do you feel comfortable that you've moved beyond all the remaining symptoms from I your still, injury. I still, I would say I'm still not really, I'm, that's the, like the test for this month was to see if I could, so the last three weeks of training more, in, or like four weeks of training more intensely, I don't, I feel like I could only recently start training more since March. And even then I've had like ankle injuries or something like that, but the head was always a major one. Um, yeah, so between November 2015 to like basically March 2018th was, am I okay to train? Is my head okay? Is my head okay? Is my... Was that because you had specific symptoms you were dealing with or, or just... Yeah, headaches. I would get headaches if I pushed myself too much or if I ate too much sugar. And then combined together. And, and of course, stress was the major one, actually. Stress is... Stress of all sorts would affect my concussion. Hmm. So I've like, I've really had to work with um, like troubles or internal struggles I've had. So that's really cool because then I've, I've worked through them and I've like, I have, I do owe it to the concussion because it really sped me along that journey to be able to tackle those, those things in my life. So it's uh it's like my my mentor said it's uh it accelerated my learning process and it made me grow in a way that I would not have in this direction I would not have like I probably suck in many other ways because I've spent so much time on on this one specific specific thing about growing myself as a person so it's um I like I don't regret things in my life I really don't cuz it's just too energy intensive to regret things anyway. No, you're literally trying to live in the past. If you're regretting it, there's no, unless you're trying to come up with a takeaway, like I really shouldn't pet alligators. You're, <laughs> you're not going to find something useful by thinking about the past. Mm. Yeah. You kind of learn those things subconsciously. Like 
<laughs> or like from your DNA, and that's how we lived this long. <laughs> oh, the concussion was a ride. I I was gonna say I liked it, but there's so many times where I'm like, oh my god, I can't even like walk outside. I can't even get off this floor. I'm like, all I'm doing is petting petting Prin- Princess Ramble, the name of the bunny at that time. Hmm. Like, but I, I there was never really many like maybe. Yeah, I can't really recall the moments where I'm like, I really hate being concussed. It was always like, what can I do to better my situation? And I do believe I owe it to like my martial arts training in the past of always pushing, but also like that's a good and bad thing. And then of course, like I guess subconsciously from from parkour and then really the ADD. A philosophy like i do really appreciate it um add yeah try to find there's you know what in this situation can i have do i have control of and then try to work with that to improve the situation so, rather than having like a global yardstick of oh look how far i've backslid from before it's just how can i go forward from here well it's it's subconscious at this point i think it's one of those things that i'm just so drawn to and it's the way i view life there's this one time when um in the with a few people in toronto we're like okay we're just gonna make the situation where um the car is this is pk daniel's idea where pk daniel dan Iaboni's idea of okay we're gonna go into a survival situation in in the middle of the winter where snow is to our knees and we're going to live through that. So it's just one of those situations where, hey, we built our shelter, but hey, we're going to need a fire. Okay, we have a fire. We don't really need it, but psychologically, oh man, it helped me so much. So there was like this one point where I was looking, like I was supposed to be the fire caretaker and it was almost going to go out. And that was the point when I realized like, I'm like, I just, I keep tackling things. Like if there's, if I'm still alive, I'm going to make sure that I can do whatever I can to handle the situation when it has to, when you're really cornered into, into something. Hmm. So I'm like, Hey, that's cool. So then through that, through that situation, I realized that there's always going to be something pushing me to continue whatever it is. And it's, it's very objective. I don't, I don't, think negative thinking is is i'm just i'm not wired to think negatively i'm not i'm still trying to figure out why i think it has maybe something to do with the way i've been brought up or the people i've been brought up around like my brother um has a lot of health conditions and so there's just like what's the point of thinking negatively like it's just think objectively or positively that's the most helpful. Mm. So maybe that's part of it. I mean, that's part of it, but I don't know if that's the reason, main reason why. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Oh, that kind of makes me think of the next question was, should we end on a bit of meta? Oh, so my, meta. <laughs> I'm so meta, even this acronym. No, my, what I was going to question was, um, so this is obviously an experiment and um, mm-hmm. if it lives to see the light of day, good for it. But my question is what, do we think people might take away from this? Like what would, Mm -hmm. I didn't have a goal when we went in, but like, what do we think people might, you know, so somebody sits down, I, I don't know why you would, but somebody sits down and listens to this for an hour and a half. (laughs) Um, 
obviously they would get to know me a little better, you a lot better. Mm-hmm. And are we hoping that now we have, you know, new friends, like somebody who listened to this would mm-hmm. understand us better? Is that, are we hoping that this cuts corners? You don't have to travel the world to meet us. You can listen or. Uh, that's, those are all, they're all wonderful things. But I think within the conversation we're inceptioning this now the there's the idea i love that i've been using that word so much the last little while but it's it's about the oh right that was it oh man huh? i was like i just had like an inception moment like yeah where was that happening <laughs> i just inceptioned you again <laughs> this was done a few days ago oh yeah. man i'm on a ball here that was a girl though um oh, sorry i derailed you i couldn't resist that's all right um share your stories because you never know who's listening or no that's not the reason but you never it's just why not like it's about well people are wired for i mean like i'm sorry but i say this all the time people are wired for stories you especially light a fire you light a fire and put people around in a circle it's story time. But what's the point, right? That's what we're trying to get to. So the point of stories is, yes, A, for connection, but for understanding the other person so that there's less there's less conflict. If people are able to understand and actually listen, so like people just are going to suck at listening because we, ha- we have our own filters. And but But if we can, can connect on that level of I can see what you're doing and I can totally appreciate that the process then then that's 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 where the the idea of individuality for me is so important because if you're if you're really gunning it for with whatever it is you're doing I can I can relate with that passion but if if that story doesn't get shared in a way that that others can can relate with then then something gets lost in translation and then that that's where that disconnect and that um the conflicts can come from cool i think that would be a good place to wrap up having yeah, yeah. bookended a little bit with some meta inception yeah. <sighs> Um, well, it was a pleasure talking to you. If it wasn't <laughs> obvious, it was a pleasure. I'll say it out- outwardly. We'll call it an evening. Not bad. All right. Not bad. Thanks, Mandy. Ciao, ciao. This was episode 27. For more information, go to moversmindset.com slash 27. While you're there, please consider supporting the project. Thanks for listening.